Hello and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Eric and Sarah. Hey guys, we're recording for first episode from our new location in Colorado. Our new house. Yeah, we've been here for just under a week. Uh, Time is weird. When did we get here? We've been snowed in for a couple days as well. And uh, so time is just kind of... What is time anyway? Six days. It's like That's a year long. since we entered quarantine <laughs> with, to compound the um, complete lack of orientation mm-hmm. in time and space. Yep. Yeah. It's almost six o'clock. Yesterday we woke up at like noon, which mm-hmm. was very odd. And then it was just the end of the day and it yeah. was like time to go to sleep again. We mm-hmm. were like, what happened? Yeah, listen, my entire life I've been trying to sort out my sleep schedule and I've just kind of given up. I do my best. I set alarms. But you know what? I I finally want, I was asking myself why I feel so chronically tired for the past couple of weeks. And I finally, I have a Garmin watch and I pulled open the little Garmin app like on my sleep, phone. the sleep tracker? Yeah, because it tracks your sleep and it divides it into light sleep, REM, and deep sleep. And I know these watches like aren't always completely accurate. So you take it with a grain of salt. But I was getting like on average under 10 minutes of deep sleep. Eric looked it up. We're supposed to get right around what like? Uh, I think it's like two hours, like a quarter of your sleep, I think. supposed Mm -hmm. to be deep sleep. Yeah. Mine was more than that. More than two hours? (laughs) Yeah, it was more than a quarter. Yeah. Well, well, lucky you. Well, you know what? It's so weird. It's like a problem. My sleep has been an issue I've dealt with my whole life. And I've never dated anyone or really known anyone who's had sleep that is as dysfunctional as mine. So we always get into bed and it's very rare that Eric isn't asleep within like 10 to 15 minutes. I essentially woke up this morning and I was like, ah, another beautiful morning. I was like, baby, how'd you sleep? And you were like, I went to sleep at five. I did. It's insane. It's like my brain too. And I've been like really laying off caffeine. Only been drinking a little bit of tea like before noon. It makes me really sad. It, You know, it's one of those things that like I've just dealt with for so long that I sometimes have to remind myself that it's not normal. So I was doing some research and a lot of people on Reddit, Reddit is like my... I mean, we talked about this on our episode about social media, but anytime I'm like, is this normal? Or like, what do normal people do with this issue? I type in the question or the topic and then type Reddit in Google. So I was like, not getting deep sleep, Reddit. And it was a bunch of people saying, like, a lot of people say, if you have dysfunctional sleep, sometimes you have sleep apnea and you should go get a sleep study done on you. Mm. And a bunch of people have said that that is, you know, life changing, but I don't, I feel like we'd know if I had sleep apnea. I mean, for a different kind of person, I'd say, oh, maybe that is the case. But like your your whole thing is your brain, <laughs> you know? Yes, and I'm a brain in a jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have, you already have brain issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So it makes sense that your mental health or lack thereof is what's impacting your sleep. Yeah. And it would be very strange if it was like, oh, it has nothing to do with your anxiety and chronic depression. You have sleep apnea. But could you imagine if I went in, got a sleep study, they were like, oh, you have had sleep apnea your whole life. I got it fixed or treated. And then all of my other issues just went away. I knew you were going to say I'm that. like, that. that's crazy. I mean, I should probably go see a doctor at some point, but. I mean, neither I of us just... have seen a doctor in, it, in a year because yeah. of 
COVID. Yeah. We just were like, eh, we're not going anywhere. Right. I picked up some magnesium. We're going to try some melatonin also. We're just going to do a nice little cocktail of uh, sleeping. Well, they're not even drugs. Hacks. They're, um, they're natural remedies. And then I realized also, like, I was saying to Eric, when fitness is such a huge part of your life for an extended period of time, and then you stop exercising temporarily, in your brain, you're still like, oh, I'm someone who works out, but you're not. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's probably because, like, in part, that we haven't been working out regularly. We and haven't not, been like, expending tiring. any energy. Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of steps, especially during the move, but, you know, that's probably it. So it's just, like, all those things taking some supplements, avoiding caffeine, uh, avoiding blue light. That's the, the TV thing. and the phones before yeah. bed. I'm going to start trying to read, you know, good old fashioned books before bed. It's just crazy how our good habits just like totally went away <laughs> after, well, after we started moving out yeah. of California. Yeah. Like we were doing yoga and we were going for walks mm-hmm. and we were doing a lot of talking and reading before bed, mm-hmm. like getting into bed and not looking at our phones and not watching TV. And then as soon as we started like packing up to go, it's yeah. just everything went away. We got takeout all the time and... Not all the time. Not, I mean, more, much more than we usually more do. More than we do, yeah. Because it, it was just like we put so much of our cooking stuff away. And, you know, we, we had Sarah's family's kitchen appliances to use mm-hmm. but it's just not the same when it's not your stuff you know it's like yeah. it's just it's a little it's just a little strange right and then we've gotten here and we don't have a couch yet <laughs> so our bedroom is like it's set up yeah but our bed is in the living room <laughs> because otherwise we'll have no place else to watch tv exactly yeah um yeah, so we would just be sitting on the floor. So our bed is our bed and our couch until we get a couch. Yeah. I mean, definitely dwelling in these like transitional periods. I mean, I don't really, I'm not holding it against us that we're not on top of all of our shit no. because that's just how it is. But, you know, I would, I would like to uh, finish tidying up and unpacking, which is kind of, we, we were doing that like hardcore the first few days we were here. And then it snowed and we were in this like, oh, we're snowed in and we've been in California, which is like freakishly hot all through winter. Um, So we're like, oh, cozy snow day vibes. And then we started working on music, which I did like six hours yesterday. I was just practicing piano and singing and writing and that felt good, but it prevented me from (laughs) unpacking. Yeah, we we definitely okay. So we watched the, and if you haven't gotten it by now, um, this, the pod this episode is very, it's just random. <laughs> and I was it's just we were, an update. We were, yeah, we were trying to decide what to uh, talk about, and I was like, we should just do a shit post. That's shit the that's post. the right term, right? And then uh, Eric had to de- had to validate my use of shit post. Yeah, apparently my sister Lauren used the term shitpost in front of Sarah like th- almost three years ago. It was an Instagram caption. Oh, right. It was an Instagram caption. Mm-hmm. And now um, today, Sarah has been using it. Yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of just doing a um, uh, a brain dump episode today because our brains have been preoccupied and we couldn't think of anything deep, like you said. Well, everything's deep. You know what I mean? 
That's true. It really is. So let's start with the Billie Eilish documentary. We watched The World is a Little Bit Blurry. The World's a Little Blurry? The World's a Little Bit Blurry? Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. It's called something like that. Yeah, we got a free, um, what, it's like a seven-day trial of Apple TV just so that we could watch it. Apple TV Plus. Oh, yes. Because that's what you do when you start a streaming service now is you put Plus. There's Paramount Plus. There's Peacock Plus. Peacock. I think. Everything just has a Plus now. Nice. Right? So, yeah, we got a free trial and we watched this documentary about Billie Eilish and Phineas. And I don't know, we've we've been just talking about music more and we knew that when we moved here we'd start doing it again together right well let's just rewind because we realized that this is like a little over we, we we first started talking about moving to san diego in with my family temporarily like in january of 2020 yes mm-hmm. and we kind of romanticized it because we had watched i think like making of a song or something some sort of interview with phineas and if you're not familiar, Billy and Phineas are brother and sister, and they wrote all of their music that is famous now. I don't know if they've moved out, but they wrote in their childhood home, yeah. in Phineas's home studio, in his bedroom. Yeah. And we were like, oh, if they can do it, we should do it. So we were like, let's move in to the ma- extra master bedroom in Sarah's family's house and just like hunker down and focus on music. Well, another part of it was our genre confu- confusement. <laughs> confusement? That's a new word. Confusion. <laughs> I was like, I know there's a word for it, but I don't, I can't think of it. So I'm going to say confusement. The conf- our confusion over what genre we wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And so it went, it went along with the, oh, well, Billy and Phineas can make pop music just on the computer. And with one microphone for vocals in the bedroom. And that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then we we shifted back into like this. Uh, maybe we should do more like singer-songwriter rock music. Mm-hmm. And then that that kind of just expands the space you, you need and the volume of things happening. Yeah. Right? We didn't really consider... Maybe you did. But I didn't really consider like being with other people in the house oh i did of course like I, I, like it's obvious but i don't that know that wasn't actually the issue though i would argue mm. that i would i would argue that we weren't making music because we were because i was deeply depressed it just didn't feel comfortable to make music together hmm. in the room yeah i mean so much of my um, process is me being alone writing which like you guys I just have to say, having lived on my own for what, a decade, I moved out from my parents' house 2009, went to college, I was there for four years, moved out, did not go home till October 2020. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's hard to, I mean, even if you haven't ever moved out, it's hard to share space with other people. Yeah. And so I'll, I definitely just... We walked into our new place here in Colorado and it's a small, you know, it's like a small place. It's not super fancy, but there's just something so special about being able to be alone in the quiet. Yep. It it, it really is. Um, I don't even, I don't know. I think another part of it was the fact that 
we only spent time really in the bedroom mm-hmm. and you don't want to create in the same I, I i didn't feel called to stay up there and sure try and make amazing music just because it was like that's the room where we did everything the room where everything everything happened, happened. <laughs> yeah I don't, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's funny because it's like on some level, I see myself making all these excuses all the time, but then it's like, how, what's, there's like a fine line between making excuses and then like it being genuinely depressing the situation you're in. And so I always, I want to have sympathy for, you know, all points on that spectrum, but also hold myself accountable. And you should. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's creative work. It's not, it's not like physical labor. Yeah. You know, if, if, if we felt garbagey in that room and we, we still had to like go shovel snow, for example, obviously it doesn't snow in San Diego, but we could will ourselves into going outside and shoveling snow. You can't will yourself into like writing music. You can't just say, oh, I don't really feel that great. Like, I'm, I'm pretty depressed. I don't feel inspired, but uh, I guess I'll just write an album. Hmm. You know, it's when it's a creative thing, you have to be in that mindset. I would argue that I sometimes can't force myself to do physical things either. But, hmm. you know, that's a different brain things. Yeah, maybe that is. I've never really thought of that. But yeah, I, don't know. I mean, that's, that's like the difference between being like kind of sad versus being clinically depressed. Yeah. It's like sometimes people just can't get out of bed, you know, mm-hmm. which I've very rarely gotten to that point in my life. But I think my point was just more so it's when you're trying to do something creative, you just have to be in a really specific and whatever that may look like for you individually. Mm-hmm. You have to be in such a specific headspace to actually be able to accomplish anything. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a topic that. I find it hard. I don't know the answer there because I've noticed, I don't know if you've ever read, oh, what's it called? It's by Stephen Pressfield. I think it's called, what is it called? It, it's basically about how it's important if you're trying to pursue a creative career, whether you're trying to be a writer or an artist or whatever, it might be called The War of Art. Yep. Yes. Which I've read a couple of times. It's really short. It's a good, it's a good read, but um he talks about how you basically have to carve out time every single day and make it a non-negotiable. Even if you're like, basically his argument is don't wait for inspiration. Mm. Make something such a habit, like write 10 pages that suck, just do it. And eventually you're going to be able to create something good. That's interesting. Which, yeah, it's a totally different perspective from, like some people say, I channeled this song. Like, isn't there, there's a quote from like Michael Jackson that he like just lets the song write itself. I think it might've been an Oprah interview or something. Okay. But a lot of artists or musicians have said that, like, I didn't write that. That came to me in a dream. It mm-hmm. just happened, you know? Yeah. Like Paul McCartney. Yeah. With uh, Let It Be. Let It Be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that can happen. I don't think it's ever happened to me. I've never like woken up from a dream and been like, Oh my God, A minor, G7, <laughs> F major 7. Right. Right? That's never happened to me, but yeah. I am i don't doubt that it can. Mm-hmm. But it just feels, it feels better already being here and having 
like a separate room where my little desk is set up. Mm-hmm. And then in a different room, Sarah has her piano where we were playing and writing some stuff yesterday. Yes. I mean, let's talk about this new, would you call it inspiration? Motivation? Sure. Well, I wanted to go back. We didn't finish talking about the the documentary we right, watched. Right, right. Which is so funny because, so yeah, we got off track because I was saying their little story about how they wrote all of these award-winning songs inside a bedroom. Mm. We thought like, oh yeah, we could do the same thing in a really small space. And so we moved and kind of minimized our expenses, which now that I think back on it, I don't know if it actually worked out that way because moving back here was so expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. Moving's expensive. I think we might have broken even, maybe. Honestly, yeah. If we had just moved locally and paid a normal rent, not a family-reduced rate rent, and didn't move twice, (laughs) I'm sure it would have cost the same amount. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah, we couldn't have known. You can't know what you don't know until you know it. Yep. Yeah, but so it was interesting for us to, having just moved back here, we watched this documentary and their dynamic is very similar to our dynamic eric's and mine when we're creating let's give a few examples (laughs) um okay so again if you're unfamiliar with Billie eilish and phineas unlikely unlikely but (laughs) if you don't know their dynamic billy writes lyrics with him and she sings and phineas writes the music and also produces the the lyrics and Mm -hmm. produces right yeah so that's kind of that's how they work so when when you see them recording in the documentary, Billy's on the bed with a microphone and Phineas is at his desk producing and recording. Mm-hmm. And she's very much a perfectionist. And yeah. I, I think the first thing that happened is she was just saying, she was like, oh, that sucked. Do it again. Nope, that take sucked. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And he's like, you sound fine. <laughs> like, Every take sounds good. Yeah. Just stop. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, do it again. Yeah. And Sarah and I just were looking at each other. We're like, that's how it's gone when we've gone to record. So I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And you're like, that was garbage, actually. Yeah. And I'm like, how can we disagree mm-hmm. so heavily every time? Yeah, it's, I will say, I don't take pride in being, in being a perfectionist. It definitely holds me back. And I get like very mired in self-criticism a lot. And Eric is much, much better at just, I don't know. I don't know either because I do consider myself a perfectionist with music. It's hard though because when I'm doing work for clients, mm-hmm. I'm not as much of a of a perfectionist. No, because I can't just take all the time I would normally take, and then say for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly for my for a project of mine or ours, I could just take as long as I want on it and make it sound as perfect as I can. But for a client, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, you know, I finished it in two hours, but then I spent eight more hours on it just making it perfect. That'll be $700. They'd be like, what? Why are you charging me so much? Why couldn't you have just sent it to me? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Whereas like, then that's why I can't do gig work because I would spend all of that time perfecting it, but I would only charge for the originally agreed upon amount Mm -hmm. of time because I'd feel bad right see like i just i get really stuck in my own process yeah instead i send a client something that sounds like 95 percent as good <laughs> as i want it to sound sure but i'm like 
they and anyone who listens to their podcast yeah. is it, they're not going to hear the 30 second theme song and be like hmm i feel like he could have removed some of the low frequencies from the synth bass track right. which are things that will bother me forever mm-hmm. and i'm like it's not worth spending the extra time on because they're not going to want to pay for all that time yes so it's different i mean when when you and i get rolling on recording our songs i will be very you know a stick i'd be very much a stickler for everything right so billy eilish was after one of these very frustrating recording sessions she was talking about how she hates songwriting (laughs) she's like every single time i've ever made a song that i really loved it was a miserable process and i'm like i don't i don't know if i'd go that far but it is difficult yeah. And I've noticed with writing especially, I, I get a lot of ideas all the time. I'll get like an interesting phrase or an interesting concept or I'll write, quite often I'll write like one verse and then I just, it becomes difficult to finish it, like to flesh it out and see it all the way through. Eric works in a very linear fashion. So he's like, let's pick one song to finish and start and finish it and then move on and i'm like why can't we just start eight songs at the same time and it stresses (laughs) me out so much but my brain just it just doesn't work for me to push things sometimes yeah like i know after we finish recording this episode i'm gonna publish it and then we're gonna work on music Mm -hmm. and i just have no idea what sarah has in store for me (laughs) and and i say that because they're all Sarah's songs that we're working out together and kind of fleshing out. It's as... really weird to hear you say my name. It's weird when you say <laughs> mine too. Earlier in the episode, you said Eric. And I was like, hmm? Eric. Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're Sarah's songs and we flesh them out together and expand on them together. Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to be like, oh, let's work on Love All Wrong. Yeah. You're like I'm just gonna be like you know you you tell us what you want us to work on and mm-hmm. we'll work on it. But it is funny. You're like let's just uh, let's go through all eight songs and that's and like, how I am with everything. One? Can we just take one and finish it? The answer is no. Finish <laughs> no, it. The, like I just I don't know. I've just noticed this. I have. I don't know if I said this in a previous episode. I'm like fairly certain that if I went to a doctor specifically seeking this diagnosis, I could get diagnosed with ADD. Because my brain, it's just everywhere constantly. And it's getting really exacerbated lately since I've been dealing with so much anxiety that I don't know like where it's coming from either. <sighs> Side note, like my jaw has been, I've been dealing with this insane jaw tension pain for the Clenching. past couple weeks. Like earlier, like at, at the start of quarantine, I started an antidepressant called Wellbutrin. And one of the side effects, I guess, that rarely happens is you start grinding your teeth and clenching your jaw. And it was actually so bad that that's part of the reason why I went off of it. But the symptom never went away. So now I just find myself, anytime I'm even mildly anxious, dreaming about chewing things or grinding my teeth or my teeth falling out in my dreams and I wake up and my jaw hurts. Maybe you need a mouth guard. I probably. I, mean, I, I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah. Could you sleep with that, you think? Would it bother you? Maybe. I mean, that's another thing I consulted Reddit for. Everyone's like, yeah, you can get a mouth guard. It will help you from, it will prevent you from damaging your teeth. It's not going to stop you from grinding, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's so strange. Um, 
do you want to talk about music more? Do you want to talk about our move a little? Y- you pick. Uh, I think we should talk <laughs> about our move a little. Sure. Something more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what's there to talk about? The drive, we took a different route back to Colorado than we did driving to San Diego. Yeah, when we drove to California, we went over the Colorado Rockies, through Utah, through Las Vegas, um, and then through California and south to San Diego. And this time we went west from San Diego to Arizona, through Phoenix, through Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then up the from the from the south of Colorado up to uh, Fort Collins. So <laughs> tumbleweeds, that's a real thing I learned on the drive <laughs> is that it's not it's not just some thing you see in uh, western cartoons. Yeah. I was dodging tumbleweeds on one dri- on one day of the drive like a motherfucker. Yeah. Just swerving around huge tumbleweeds. And then I finally crashed into one and literally nothing happened. <laughs> And I I picked up my walkie-talkie and radioed Sarah. I was like, is there a tumbleweed stuck to the underside of my car? And Sarah was like, no, it's gone. It, it exploded. exploded. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried. And then I guess now thinking about it, it's just um, a big, dry, wispy thing that just will crack if you yeah. crash into it. And it literally turned into dust. Mm-hmm. I was very afraid, <laughs> though, approaching the tumbleweeds. I mean, I grew up in the desert cities, and it occurred to me, I don't think we hit tumbleweeds there. I mean, it's so it's such a cliche of, like, Arizona, that area. I mean, the first night we stopped in Phoenix, and I know there's a lot of cacti down there in those states, but it's literally everywhere. Like, we pull up to the hotel, and it was just surrounded by cacti. And Ocotillos. What's that? So um, you probably thought they were cactuses as well, but oh. it's just the long, spiny dudes. Those aren't cacti? They look like big thorns. Huh. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. They're literally, they're, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel so silly saying it, right. but I, I was really so mind blown. Yeah. No so, trees. Yeah. So our first night we got, we pulled in super late. It was like 10 o'clock, right? 9.30? Oh yeah. The last two, two plus hours of that drive, it was dark. Yeah. So we had planned to get there earlier. Eric had picked out a nice like Thai restaurant for us to get takeout from. (laughs) That closed at 9 p.m. Yeah. And I mean, it was kind of my fault. Basically, you know, things just always take longer than you think they will. And so I had left some things in the kitchen to pa- to pack my into my car before we left, and it just ended up taking so long. So we left hours later than planned. And it's funny, I came down the morning of, and my mom had done a bunch of the packing, <laughs> like she had wrapped everything in bubble wrap and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is. I was telling Eric, I, I always like used to chalk it up to my family being Asian on that side and how like people aren't necessarily quite as affectionate in those cultures. Although it varies obviously, but my mom also has like all of the Virgo placements, Venus and Virgo. And I'm like, Oh, this is how Venus and Virgo person shows love. They do things for you. They do very practical, helpful, necessary things. Yeah. They're not going to like sing you a lullaby Mm -hmm. and you know rock you back and forth your mom didn't sing you any lullabies when we lived there (laughs) (laughs) 
No, apparently, though, I did wake her up by playing The Entertainer at like 1 a.m. <laughs> I think we talked about this on an episode yeah. a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I was the one singing the lullabies, but... <laughs> it's the, it had the opposite <laughs> effect, though. Yeah. So, yeah, we, I woke up and all of that was kind of packed. And so it, it still took us... I mean, if she hadn't done that, I can't even imagine well, I how mean, much later we would have left. When we moved to California, we woke up on the day we were supposed to leave we're like yeah we'll just pack up the cars and then it was like 7 p.m we're (laughs) like okay well we have to stay in colorado another day yeah um yeah i think i think we woke up at 9 a.m that day Mm -hmm. in california to leave and we left at like 1 30 right so it probably took like two hours more than we thought it would so we ended up the only thing that was open when we got there was burger Burger king King (laughs) with one person working there it was good because we haven't had the Impossible Whoppers in a while. Yeah. Remember when we got to San Diego, we kept joking about getting them? We never did. We, only Thai Taste too. <laughs> <laughs> there was just this one restaurant where we'd get Thai food. Because it was like, so close. It was so close and it was so good. Yeah. It was one of those restaurants that it has like 4.2 stars on Google reviews, which is, I feel like, lower than than we usually... <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like if it's 4.2 stars, we'd be like, eh, that's, that's not, good. That's though. fine. I feel like sometimes like mom and pop restaurants get lower ratings, but they're like really good. Like my favorite Mexican restaurant growing up had like four or 3.75 stars. And it was like only place we go. And it was so good. I, I think another huge, a huge issue with that is a lot of the bad reviews on those places are like, oh, the service is terrible. I waited so long. The service, <laughs> yeah. the service. And I'm like, huh, if you just take out all those reviews, how's the food? Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of all that really matters when you're getting takeout. Yeah. It just became a meme in our family. Every time we'd leave the house, you know, it would be like 10 in the morning and we're leaving to like go to the park or something and go for a walk. And Sarah's mom would be like, Thai taste too? <laughs> like no we're not going to thai taste 2 at 10 a.m unfortunately unfortunately um but yeah the whoppers in the hotel it was actually really satisfying (laughs) to just we each got fries we always share fries but this time we each got our own fries it's it's truly special to get your own fries (laughs) we like didn't eat at all during the road trip we didn't want to stop it's such a hassle and especially since places aren't really open yet yeah, the only places we could stop were like grocery stores. We like, we one of our stops, we went to a Target because mm-hmm. that's one of our favorite stops on road trips because the bathroom's always open. Mm-hmm. In the same parking lot, there was a Del Taco. Oh, yeah. So we're like, should we get Del Taco? We each got a burrito. <laughs> man, I got, man, I got, um, <laughs> I got an eight layer Beyond burrito and they forgot the Beyond. <laughs> they marked it down as an eight layer burrito. So I was, I kept eating and eating and I was just waiting to get the, to the beyond meat and it mm-hmm. wasn't there. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the drive itself was easier. Way than nicer the first time. than the first time. I don't know why. It was really windy, which was yes. strange, but mm-hmm. at least there was no snow. There was no inclement, inclement, yes. inclement weather. I swear I've struggled with this word on the podcast before. Inclement. But there was no rain or snow to contend with. Just uh, a lot of wind and tumbleweeds. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, let's talk about Albuquerque. Oh, Listen, if you're from Albuquerque, send me a DM. I want to know what you think of it because that was the first time I'd ever been there and we only saw one well, area. we weren't in a nice like downtown area. You know, but I was Googling. I don't know if there is a nice area. 
Okay. Like I think Albuquerque <laughs> might, based on my Googling, Albuquerque might all be kind of like meh. So if well, you, let's not let's not insult anyone. No, that's why if you're from there or you've been there and you love it there, DM me and say no, you're wrong because some places are like this. I mean, we were like just off the freeway. Yeah, I don't think any city is going to look super nice right off the freeway. Well, if you listeners remember a few episodes ago, we talked about how we were supposed to link up with my sister and her boyfriend in Albuquerque um, as they drove west on their road trip, and. <clears throat> Excuse me. My sister got food poisoning in Oklahoma City, and they had to delay their trip by a day. So <laughs> everything went awry, right? We booked the hotel in Albuquerque because Lauren, my sister, had she booked that hotel already. So I was like, "Oh, we'll book it, and we can hang out. We'll stay at the same hotel." Mm-hmm. So they stayed there, and then a week later, we stayed there, and we pulled up, and I was like, uh, "This." looks like a bad area it just looked really sketchy and i was like i didn't pick this hotel i only booked it because lauren booked it would you have actually gotten a bad impression of it if there hadn't been the sign saying we're not responsible for your for theft (laughs) yes i I would have okay i definitely would have okay i mean when we stopped in phoenix and in pueblo colorado i mean both areas i didn't get that vibe from okay both times I was like, oh, this is this is fine. There are a lot of cars in the parking lot. It's well lit. There are other buildings around. This was just, it was just like a, a, a comfort inn and a parking lot in the middle of, I, I don't know. It's just like one of those streets that has a lot of car shops on it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. It just, you, if you've been to a sketchy area, you know what I mean. I don't need to describe it. <laughs> and it, I was, I was so anxious. That he someone, was having a, a meltdown. I was having a literal meltdown. Meanwhile, I, the small female who typically gets intimidated in urban settings. Well, they tell you, they're like, bring all your, all your, um, valuables, all your valuable items into the hotel. And I'm like, wait, but both of our cars are full of all (laughs) of our valuable items. Everything that wasn't that valuable or necessary is in our pod. It was in the pod. Yeah. I had all my music recording gear, everything. I'm like, I'm I'm not going to unload my entire car and bring it up to the hotel Mm -hmm. so i talked to the manager about it there was no one at this hotel they made great friends we really did he's a nice (laughs) guy um there was like there were like no other guests there weren't that many cars in the parking lot and right outside the front door there were a bunch of motorcycle parking spaces that were totally empty so i i said to the manager i was like hey yeah we're moving we have all our, our cars are full of valuables i'm a little sketched out what can i do and he's like, oh, just pull your cars up right in front in the motorcycle spots because no one's in there. And we can see them and there are cameras right there. And it's brightly lit. And Sarah was like, you don't need to do that. And I was like, I'm doing it. <laughs> so I moved the cars into the spaces and then I slept like a fucking baby. And no right. one broke in. Right. I mean, I f- it, was, it was just sketchy. So that was our second night. Well, I was in the meantime... Trying to find dinner. Feeling very ill. Do you remember that? Like... We had this like fantasy that we were going to pull up. We don't stay in hotels ever because we don't travel that often together. Mm. So we were like, oh, we're going to stay at a hotel and we're going to, uh, you know, take a bath or, you know, take a nice shower mm. and be all cozy and watch TV in bed. And then I just kind of passed out. Was that in Albuquerque? Yeah. You. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe once I stopped feeling anxious. Yeah. You 
we're like all right i'm going to sleep i became very ill because here's what happened is because we hadn't been eating regularly because we didn't want to stop and we don't <laughs> and you don't drink that much water on a road trip because you don't want to stop i had bought a bag of candy at, Sour one, of straws. Our, at one of our i bought a, a gallon of water and a bag of candy at one of our potty stops <laughs> and that was like all i ate that where did day. you buy it safeway i don't know I think you like looked at them and mentioned them and then we walked away and then you went back. Oh, okay. This is totally random. I'm going to, I'm going to cut myself off. When we stopped at, we stopped at, <laughs> on the second day of driving, we stopped in, we stopped at Safeways for every single stop, just like three <laughs> Safeways um, between actually, I think it was the third day um, between Albuquerque and Pueblo, Colorado. The only in all the towns, the only place where I felt comfortable to stop was a Safeway. And by comfortable, I mean, I don't know if this if other places have bathrooms or not, but I know Safeways do. Sarah just doesn't make observations the same way I do. She just won't notice certain things. I am not in this world. <laughs> I'm in my brain all, all the time. So we stopped at one of the Safeways, and as we were approaching the town on the highway, it said... There was a sign that said, like, now entering Navajo Nation mm-hmm. or something like that. And I was like, okay, this is, like, federally protected land for Native Americans. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Safeway, and I'd never had, had this experience because, I mean, I've never lived in a place where there are a lot of Native American people. And every single person in the store was Native American. And I was like, that's so, I was like, that's so cool. I've literally, I, I don't know a single Native American person, mm-hmm. right? I mean, probably people who like are like 1% Native American, right? So we walk out of the Safeway. I was like, babe, did you notice? Like every <laughs> single person was Native American. Like, isn't that cool? And Sarah was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you, what do you mean? She's like, I didn't, I didn't notice. I don't think I look at people. It's so Anywhere. weird. But like also when we were driving, Eric will see signs or, you know, <laughs> it's just like he was remarking on how like the terrain looked or the landscape I, looked. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd go with the radio like, Shh. oh, babe, <laughs> do you uh, do you see that crazy mace? Do you see that crazy big orange red mesa we just passed? <laughs> and Sarah's like, I'm so petrified of driving. I just look straight. I mean, I that's not, at- that's not, I just, I think I zone out, man. <laughs> I have to. We're just so to get different. By. It's so funny. But also like sometimes Eric will be like, no one in that store was wearing a mask. And I'll be like, Really? I didn't notice. (laughs) (laughs) It's like everyone else in the world right now is so programmed to like, it depends on what kind of person you are. If you're a mask wearer, then you're programmed to, if someone's not wearing one and like, if if it's something you care about, you're like, oh, that person's not wearing a mask. Sarah is just not included in that group of people. She's like, oh, I I didn't even know. (laughs) I mean, I'm wearing a mask, but I'm like just oblivious to what's happening. I mean, yeah. even, even today we went to our local Kroger store and I was like, you see that one lady, one, one person in the store wasn't just wasn't wearing a mask. It was blatantly. I'm like, how do you think it feels to be that person? Like just blatantly defying like everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's like, oh, I, there was someone in there not wearing a mask. And I'm just like, I don't know how you don't notice. It was so obvious to me because for the last year, every single person I've been around has been wearing a mask. <laughs> so to just see every time you see one of those anti-maskers you're like oh they're not wearing a mask i want to believe that she had a reason i want to like believe what? that i don't know like it's hard to breathe 
I have to say, when we got here, because we're, you know, at a higher elevation, mm. and we were doing, we were emptying our pod, carrying all the boxes, and I was wearing my mask, I was getting out of breath. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, that's definitely, it's definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just little, little strange things. What did we eat in Albuquerque? Oh, we got Thai food, right? There was like yeah. a vegan Thai restaurant pretty close. Mm-hmm. Okay, last day of the road trip. Um, last stop was Pueblo, Colorado. Like it's like two and a half hours. That was from... a cute town. It was a cute town. We were gonna stop and stay with my mom, but it was we we had to break that last day up into or the last. We had to make the, each drive shorter, basically. We we're like we don't want to we don't want to do all that driving. drive eight hours and yeah. then sleep on the floor and sleep on an air mattress um okay and then we got here we got to our new place and we <laughs> i had ordered an air mattress and got it sent to our new house and i asked our landlord i was like hey i know you work really close to to where we live will you just stop by and throw the air mattress inside so it doesn't get stolen or something and he was like sure so we got here and the only thing in here was an air mattress. So I blew it up in our bedroom and we slept on that. Quote unquote slept. <laughs> Apparently thermostats, you can like program, you, you, you can set different programs as they're called. Okay. Right. So certain times of days on certain <laughs> days, it switches to a certain temperature that you set. So I guess since no one had been living here uh, leading up to our arrival, it was just set for 68 every few hours and it would reset to 68. And it's cold. It's cold outside in Colorado right now. So the first night, we were so cold because I kept getting up and not I didn't realize how to permanently change it to a higher temperature. So it kept just getting freezing in our room. Apparently, our bedroom is very cold, as is, just colder than the rest of the place. And air mattresses don't insulate you at all. So we were just absolutely... It was like 61 degrees in our room sleeping on a non-insulated air mattress. It was like camping. It was like camping, <laughs> which is not fun. It was really uncomfortable and cold. Although, tangent mm. about camping, you did decide during your during the road trip, you had a brilliant idea to go on a long camping trip with your father. Oh my God, <laughs> I did. What a good idea I had. Not fun. Camping is not fun. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Definitely going to do it. He says, holding up his index finger to Sarah, one moment, sweetie. My idea was that, because this is something Sarah would never want to do, and I would love to have some bonding time with my dad, I thought it would be a great idea if he and I rented one of those camper vans that are completely decked out with a bed and like a mini kitchen and some sort of pooping vessel. I'm not exactly sure how it works. (laughs) I'm not sure if you bring your own bucket or what, but... I was like, I, mean, I think it depends on which one you rent. I think so too. But I was, we were just driving and I was looking at all the scenery, you know, the scenery that Sarah wasn't observing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if, okay, well, let me backtrack because this happens a lot when we hike and see just amazing nature places. I always think I'm like, oh, I, I it's a shame that other people won't ever get to experience this just because it's you get kind of disillusioned. You get kind of jaded when you live in a place like Colorado. Like after the first like five hikes. You do. Some people don't. I mean, the scenery still makes me think like, wow, it's so beautiful. 
but you're you're not mind blown every time you go on a hike in Colorado after you live here for a while. It's just like, ah, yes, beautiful mountain views. Mm-hmm. But when you first arrive, you're like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, some people just won't. Like my, I always think about my dad. Like my dad's never gonna hike a 14er with me and like see the Colorado Rockies from 14,000 feet. And then I was driving, we were driving and we went through some portion of like the outskirts of Grand Canyon National Park. I'm sure you missed that sign as well. Really? (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely missed that sign. Um, Yeah, I think we must have just like went kind of around it. But I was like, I I wonder if my dad specifically has like has these places in his mind where he's like, oh, I I would want to experience that, you know, at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, what if him? What if he and I rented one of those camper vans and we we picked a place that he's always wanted to see, like some national parks or whatever, and we went for like a week and just drove around and camped. But it's different because when you camp in the camper van, you sleep in a in a real bed in a van, not an air mattress outside in a tent. So while you're not in a house, it's more of a house than a tent is, right? Sure. So. I'd be sharing a bed with my dad, which is fine, I guess. But it just it just sounded like such a cool thing. And I told Sarah and Sarah was like, that sounds like an amazing idea because I don't want to go do that. And I'll be alone for a week. And you get to be alone for a week. Mm-hmm. So that was my brilliant idea. And I texted my dad before we got back in the car that day. I was like, I wonder if he's going to think that's awesome or if he's going to be like, I don't want to do that. That sounds like a pain in the ass. So I sent it to him and then we stopped next. I checked my phone and he was like, that's an amazing idea. I'd love to do that. And I was like, huh, really? (laughs) I kind of thought he was going to not be interested. And I was like, and I said that to him. I was like, oh, I didn't think you'd want to do that. And he was like, "Uh, you didn't think I'd want to spend a week with my son who lives 2,500 miles away. And I was like, I I guess that's true. Thanks. (laughs) And then you wept for the rest of the ride. (laughs) Yeah. And then I... uh, had to turn on my eye windshield wipers. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. So we're, it was, it was just a, it was a brief conversation, mm-hmm. but I'm sure we'll talk about it more at some point. He said he wants to see Yellowstone, mm-hmm. which I want to see too. And Yosemite, wherever we end up going, well, you and I have to go also at some point. Sure. Maybe just in a different manner. Yes, please. <laughs> like we could rent an Airbnb in Yosemite or something. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different experience. So, yes, thanks for reminding me of that brilliant idea I had. Yeah. What else happened on this trip or upon our arrival? I mean, I mean, I think we covered all the highlights of the trip. What about the Whoppers being the main one? (laughs) Whoppers and watching Frasier. Frasier is just the best show. Yeah. What about all the pod problems we had? Do you want to talk about that? You know, (laughs) not really. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Even when you were starting to describe the thermostat issue, I was like, please don't just, please don't read them the thermostat manual. Hey, break off the cover for me. I want to tell them how to, how to schedule programs. (laughs) All right, listeners, gear up, put on your reading glasses. Yeah. Is that it? I mean, basically we were expecting to, so we, what, we got here on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. or tuesday Wednesday. it's all a blur and basically we were expecting to have a few days here to like grocery shop and buy some things that we needed and then the pod would arrive with all our stuff on friday and we were expecting this huge storm but we thought it, it kept getting moved later and later and later in, in the forecast so. it still happened we still mm-hmm. got a buttload of snow 
But we thought that basically it was going to start snowing on us when we were unloading our pod and we were going to rush to beat it. And then it ended up not even happening until the following day. So that was great. (laughs) Yeah. So originally it was like, it's going to start sprinkling snow Friday morning. And then Friday around 6 or 7 p.m. it's going to start dumping snow. So we were like, okay, the pod's getting here Friday morning. We'll unload it get all the stuff in the house and then it'll immediately start dumping snow mm-hmm. and then it just didn't start and then i got a call from the pods people later on friday and they're like due to the weather tomorrow we're going to be closed we're rescheduling your pickup for tuesday which is today as we're recording this and i was like okay that totally makes sense and then it just didn't snow until maybe saturday night mm-hmm. and the pod was just sitting there <laughs> totally and it's still sitting there yeah, it was totally able to be picked up because there was no inclement weather yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get why they closed it, but I, I don't know how it could have been handled better. It was just kind of frustrating because it's still there and they rescheduled it for this morning. And I was I had to call them yesterday and say, you can't pick it up because it snowed two feet and you can't get it out. <laughs> two, two feet. feet. <laughs> um, we'll go back to two feet. I mean, Eric was just... you you. There are just certain situations that really make you anxious i mean i feel bad we, we plan to have the pod in the parking lot taking up two public spaces in our condo they're not for one day and it's been it's going to be a week basically that's fine no one cares i don't think no one can go anywhere anyway because of the snow can we talk about two feet for a second we oh didn't talk about we this did. we talked about two <laughs> feet oh that's upsetting i was looking forward to two feet <laughs> go back and listen to two feet <laughs> All right, should we end the episode? I feel like we're getting a little uh, a little wonky. We started wonky. That's true. I mean, our brains were just not in a position to to go deep into a topic. We want to. We want to do. Go, we did go deep. I, I guess into we did. certain topics, like the thermostat, for example. <laughs> I think we're going to start just every whenever we feel like it, doing more lighthearted, fun episodes when we can't balance where we're putting our um mm-hmm. you know like our our deep emotional energy yeah because sometimes it goes to music sometimes it goes to the podcast it's yeah just, I mean, it's just hard there's a finite amount right and i've been writing a lot a lot a lot lately and i feel like it has been a little outlet for my angsty emotions <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um so I feel like I'm doing a lot of the processing there. I don't know. We've talked on the podcast before about having different places to deal with different feelings. Mm. So it's like it would in my ideal world, I could be kind of lighthearted on social media and then kind of dark in my art. Mm. And then on here, just kind of, I don't know back back and forth you know yeah but it's it's also hard when you know as we as we start working on your songs more it's weird hearing all your lyrics and you know most of the time when you hear an artist's lyrics you try to decode them but when you have a podcast where you also talk about all your feelings yeah it gets kind of like that oh i i don't have any 
there's no veil of secrecy over my lyrics because you could just go back and listen to the podcast and be like, she was depressed about this and that's why she wrote this song. Mm -hmm. And it kind of takes out, it kind of takes the magic out of it. Right. You know, it's like, it's not like, it's not like you can go listen to Kurt Cobain's podcast and be like, oh, when he was really depressed and he wrote Lithium, this is what he was going through. He talks about it in episode 53. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, that's my like my weird nerdy voice i don't yeah. know where that came from but you know what i mean it's like it's like there's like the secrecy in lyrics and that's why you write them and you get out all your emotions but mm. we also have this podcast where we talk about it and it's just it just feels a little i don't know i don't know how it feels yeah i think things have to come out in one way or another and sometimes i, I do agree that it's possible to kind of take the creative wind out of your sails sometimes if you're processing things publicly all the time and also for lyricists i mean different lyricists handle this differently but we were watching the song exploder episode with trent Reznor of nine mm-hmm. inch nails and here here crash rishikesh rishi what is it rishikesh here way rishikesh mm-hmm. the host was asking he was like um prodding trent about his lyrics and he was like, I'm, he was like, sorry, but you're not going to get me to, um, he's like, I know you're trying to have a good interview, but I don't talk about my lyrics. I don't talk about what they mean. Right. And he kept prodding him. He's like, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to tell you like why I wrote them. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone like Phoebe Bridgers who people tweet at her all the time. And they're like, does this lyric mean this? And she's like, no, it actually means specifically this. Yeah. And Sarah's like, I'm with Trent Reznor. Like, I don't, I don't want people to really know exactly why I'm writing my lyrics. I want them to just interpret it however they interpret it. Yeah. And that's another thing with the podcast. It's like it kind of it can take out that um, that mystery, mm-hmm. you know, because we're like explicit. We explicitly talk about what's going on in our lives. Right. Um, it's just it's just a, a fascinating subject. It is. You know, like a perspective thing. Yeah. And I mean, kind of on that topic, while we were packing back in San Diego, I found this big stack of notebooks mm-hmm. And I was trying to throw away as much stuff as I could. And I was carrying these notebooks basically to the recycling bin. And then I had a second thought and I opened one of them. And I realized that these were like lyrics and poetry I had written over the, like since 2012, basically. And I decided to keep them. And today I've been going through them and kind of like marking down things that could still be used and it's crazy because that would have been what i would have been around what 20 ish years of age Mm. 21 21 and um i can't do math that's another thing um and it's just interesting that you you all you assume that you're always getting better at doing at things but sometimes you have all you need, if that makes sense. It's like some of the things that I wrote way back when, just because I was just going through so many, so much emotional turmoil and having so many thoughts about it and trying to process Mm. to feel better. Like some of the things I wrote then, I just love so much. And I'm like shocked that I was able to have written that. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I could write that now. And it's scary to think growth is not linear. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you don't always need to study all the time 
or be uh, practicing all the time to make something that's good and true. It's just about authenticity, I think. Yeah. About like basically sitting with what you're feeling or what, what you're trying to create for long enough to give it a voice, which is, it's nice, it's frustrating sometimes, but it's nice to remember because I am someone who is very, like I said, perfectionistic. I feel like I always need to learn something more before I can make things that are good. But like me in 2012, like I knew a lot. And if I could have given myself credit for that, maybe I would have been making more all this time, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think all this is to say that when it comes to the podcast, we're not, we're not like, we're not going to say we're changing anything. I think we're just going to have, I think sometimes we're just going to be okay with having episodes that are less, that are just less deep, you know, and that we talk about things that are of less consequence. You know what I mean? Just like lighter hearted sure. sometimes just when we don't feel like we can, you know what I mean? Yeah. On that note, a positivity box. Mine is that Coke now has coffee flavors. I was, that was going to be mine. <laughs> so we, before the snowstorm, we went to the store and picked up a, things to last us the weekend because we weren't going to be able to drive. And uh, we randomly picked up this new Coke flavor. Well, your sister told us about it. Yes. There's like a caramel. It's Coca-Cola with coffee flavoring. Mm. But then they have a vanilla, a caramel, and a dark, dark roast. roast. Listen, as a lover of Coke and a lover of coffee and a lover of sugar. The, and vanilla? And va yes. Yeah. So good. I want to buy more. We actually went to the store again today and I forgot to pick one up upon and I crossing the threshold of our home sarah was like fuck <laughs> we didn't get more of that coffee coke <laughs> coffee coke shit yeah i love that i want to put oatly in it next time like a what are those called an eclair an eggclair hmm? an, an egg oh my an god egg cream an egg cream a new york egg cream <laughs> a new york egg cream say it like that new york egg cream that's really good <laughs> you are good at it now I'm so proud of you. Say hot dog. Hot dog. That's good. Hey, good job, baby. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my positivity box, too. Was it? Yeah. You didn't like it nearly as much as I liked I it. I really liked it. Um, I also liked, Sarah picked up this, is it Kroger brand? Simple Truth? Yes. It is. Simple Truth TM. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> um, what was it? Raspberry with chocolate chip? oat mm -hmm. milk ice cream raspberry chip oat milk when sarah bought it i took a bite and i was like this is not this is not my jam and then i power ate the rest of the garden over the next two nights i don't know where why i started liking it so much eric is truly um an opportunist mm -hmm. he won't put it in his cart but if you put it in your cart he will eat it <laughs> So thanks for listening, everybody. I refuse to take any more flack on the um, podcast. No, but it was good. And then we ended up getting three different ice cream flavors today. We got the Trader Joe's like Cherry Garcia flavor. So is, is that what Cherry Garcia is? I think so. It's that. Mm -hmm. It's cherry ice cream with chunks of cherry and chocolate chips. Yeah. Does Cherry Garcia have chocolate in it? I, You know what? I really don't know. Actually. I'm going to look it up. It's, you, not, it's never been my go-to. You tell them what, what well, else see, you got. I was telling Eric that 
I like the raspberry chip flavor because it reminds me of the medicine <laughs> liquid amoxicillin. I guess when I was little, I used to get a lot of ear infections. So I got prescribed this amoxicillin, which is like a pink liquid because I couldn't swallow tablets as a kid. And it was so sweet. And I have like all of these positive memories. That's so messed up, honestly. Highlight of my childhood, ear infection. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, mom. <laughs> I'm just like pouring dirt in my ears. Just to just to get the uh, taste of the good stuff. The sweet, sweet relief. Yeah. I mean, this isn't really a selling point for the ice cream. It, it was it for me, good. but I'm not selling it, I don't think. But <laughs> um, Yes, Cherry Garcia is cherry with cherries and chocolate chunks. Yeah. Should we wrap up? Sure. Okay. Silence me. Go ahead. Beep. That was me silencing you. Um, okay. Well, thanks for listening to us ramble. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No. Okay. Well, that was a weird episode. Oh, wait. <laughs> One last thing. Sure. I'm sorry. It's okay. This is... If you follow my Instagram, you'll know this happened. But basically, for the snow weekend, I was like, Eric, make your famous chili. Mm. And so we grocery shop for all the things. Oh, Lots I of see. canned ingredients for chili. We realize upon returning home, we're, by this time we're already snowed in actually, mm-hmm. we don't have a can opener because ours broke before we moved. I threw it away. We used my mom's the entire time we were in San Diego and just realized we <laughs> didn't have a can opener. So I took a flathead screwdriver, <laughs> a hammer, and a pair of needle nose pliers and I thwacked a hole in the can using the hammer and the screwdriver. And then I used the pliers to slowly pry around the edge, opening it little by little until there was an opening enough for uh, the contents to come out. And then we went to Trader Joe's and King Supers today to get, we just did, got a bunch of groceries and Sarah, Sarah really wanted Bush's baked beans. <laughs> I didn't care if it was Bush's. Yeah, but all baked beans are Bush's. We learned that at the store. So we got a huge can of baked beans and we got home. And Sarah was like, I'm going to heat some of these up. And she goes, we don't have a can opener. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we forgot while we were at the store buying cans that we don't have a can opener. No, so I, I have to the ask. Trick again. I have to ask. So I know when we moved into our, our last place in Colorado, before we moved all of our stuff over, you went over to the neighbor's house and asked for a screwdriver. Wait, where did I do that? Back at our old house. Really? Yeah. Before we had moved everything over from our old apartment. I asked Angie? Yes. You don't Wh- remember that? Sorry, what did I ask her for? A screwdriver. A screwdriver? And I'm just... <laughs> for what? For To build our coffee table. I don't remember that at all. I didn't have tools. Well, I I'm just I... wondering why you wouldn't have asked our neighbor for a can opener i think i think it's the covid thing oh i think i just like felt weird like i I met our next door neighbors and they were they're not elderly but they're older Mm -hmm. and i'm like i I, yeah old people are usually more freaked out about covid because they're more at risk Mm -hmm. and i just didn't want to knock on the door and i i don't know i think it just made me feel a little more hesitant to do it i was wondering if if just by hanging out with me you've become more introverted no and i'm like please no please no if you become as introverted as me i will have no use for you anymore well i'll put that i'll put (laughs) that thought to rest because i'll remind you of what happened earlier um i dropped sarah off in front of our house and 
She got out of the car with all of the bags of groceries and went inside. And then I drove around the parking lot and parked in our garage, which is not near our apartment. I keep calling it a condo apartment or house. That's like all synonymous to me. We live in a complex. Well, it's not a house. It's definitely. As evidenced by the fact that we could hear our neighbors. Right. Doing Doing some sort of woodworking. I don't know what the fuck was going on this morning. <laughs> we live in a condo complex. All right. So. Our garage is not attached. So I dropped Sarah off, went to the garage. Then I was walking back. I saw this older man shoveling out his car and he was shoveling the snow from next to his car onto this bench next to the sidewalk. <laughs> the sidewalk had, but I shit why? you not, four feet of snow piled on top of it just because there's nowhere else to put it. Oh, okay. Like we don't have lawns, you know, we just, we have like garden beds kind of, and then there's a sidewalk and then there's the parking lot. So he was trying to not block anything else. So he's putting it on this bench, with which had three and a half to four feet of snow on it. So here's proof that I'm still extroverted. I walked by and I said, while he, was, he wasn't looking at me, he was not making eye contact. He probably didn't even know I was there. But as I was walking by, I said, no one's going to be using that bench for a long time. And he just looked up kind of bewildered. He was like, what? <laughs> and he just kind of had this jolly, like I really made him laugh. If and you it made had me said feel that really happy. to me when I was shoveling, you would have hit me I would with have shovel. felt terrible because I would have thought you meant like, why am I covering the bench? You asshole. Someone needs to sit there. Yeah. But no, of course not. That's not at all what I meant. That is a very Sarah way to take it, though. Yeah. Oh, I honey. have guilt. I'm so sorry that and you feel like this. On, on the same topic, last thing, I promise, and we can wrap up. I promise you, our listeners are sitting here like, don't end it. I mean, <laughs> like I've said this before, when I listen to podcasts and they're just rambling, that's why I listen to podcasts. I'm right. like, no, don't stop. Go keep rambling forever and forever. Just another example of my deep, deep built-in guilt. We, we had put Eric, we have like a garage, but it's not attached to our unit. So we have to take a little walk to it. I just said that. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just said that I, uh, entire thing. I don't notice anything that's happening around me, but great podcast partner. So it's like it was covered up. Basically, the HOA was they were late plowing, to the party, <laughs> plowing the rest of the street, but they hadn't gotten to clearing the garage yet. So we didn't know that though. We expected that it would be cleared because we saw the rest of the street was cleared. So we walked over. Eric's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back and get my shovel," and I just waited there. <laughs> And then um, these two guys came by on plows and they were like, I think they saw me waiting there. So they stopped, but they were plowing. And then they started jointly plowing in front of our garage. And I felt so bad because like one of them made eye contact with me and, and like gestured like, I'll be right back. And I was like, please, no. And if I was there, I would have been like, I would have been like, yes, please help us get out of here. Well, I felt bad because I felt like I should be helping them. They were drifting around on these like little um, three wheelers, one with a, a plow and one with um, a snowblower attachment on the front of it. And they were just like whipping around doing these crazy turns <laughs> on these three wheelers having, well, it looked like a lot of fun, but one of the guys made eye contact with me. Literally, he was like mid Tokyo drift. Like, <laughs> it's like slow-mo. And he was like, it's not as fun as it looks. And I was like, it looks like you're having a ton of fun. But okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Probably being out in the cold for 10 hours is not that much fun. Mm -hmm. But I, would, I, I didn't feel bad. I mean, that's their job. They're getting paid to plow the, the thing. Yeah. Just like I get paid to do theme songs. <laughs> Such is life, dude. Just like I get paid to, um, 
what do I get paid to do again? You get paid to question mark. You get paid to cook things, mm-hmm. and people watch them. Yes, and you make them. You make nice looking videos. Mm. I mean, hopefully soon you'll be you'll get paid to express your heart through the power of song. <laughs> yes, that's that's the goal here. That's the culmination of this conversation. Is when we've else? really just gotten back into this like. Yep, we're 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 gonna be we're gonna be music people. We're gonna stop recording the podcast and go play music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, I mean, we ate lunch at like five o'clock, so I don't know when we're. I don't know what that means for dinner. Right. But all right, let's wrap this up and um, we'll go do some stuff. How's that sound? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening to our random musings. We hope you've enjoyed that. Sorry again, there's no video. We are still very much in flux. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, and we'll I'll send I'll send this podcast off with our supporter shout out. Hi guys, we're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters. These are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit Anchor.fm/WhatIsLifeDude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga Pfeiffer, Morgan Lassiter, Jennifer, Scotty Draper, Glenn Ames, Kevin Dooley, Jessica Chelgren, Marie Zimmerman, Nina Schmidt, Izzy, Alexis Dooley, Annalise, Nadia, Merv, Arisi Lar, Teresa Madara, Kelsey Pritchett, Ellis Adler, Anna Dureka, Megan Stewart, Samantha McIntyre, Dylan Schaubin, and Sarah Creighton.